0: I think we're good. Uh, Hello, everyone. Thank you for tuning back in to another podcast episode here with uh, WQSU. I'm Luke Waldner, and uh, I'm here with Sealands Grove head head wrestling coach Seth Martin. Uh, We interviewed him back in October, I believe, and uh, it's been a whole wrestling season since then. Got a couple things to catch up on. Probably won't be as long as the the last interview, but uh, we're just gonna, you know, ask a few questions and see where it goes. So first of all, just a summary of the whole season congrats on a successful season so far and you guys are 24 and six I believe yep Yep. that's that's very successful successful sorry um one thing that blew me away while I was looking at your guys' schedule was just the fact that you had so many matches I know a lot of a lot of schools um obviously are cutting back on like the the dual meets and stuff but it seemed like you guys were at a different five team meet like every weekend was that was that intentional to schedule it that way just to get as much as possible
1: it was absolutely intentional i didn't know if we were going to be able to pull it off but one of the moves i made really early was we had three really big tournaments on our schedule and the first one backed out and i'm like you know what there's no way they're running these 50 team tournaments so i backed Mm -hmm. out of the other two and i set my sights on only dual meet related events even before it was made perfectly clear that that's all you were going to be able to wrestle this year, basically.
0: Mm-hmm. I think
1: there were a few eight-team round-robin individual tournaments, but um, I just figured I'd try to get out ahead of the rest and plan ahead. And the PIAA normally only allows two, um, two dual-meet tournaments where you get five matches in a right. day, but this year they increased it to four. And I was in communication with some people in the – PIAA making those decisions. So I saw that coming and I just went ahead and filled our our schedule. It was actually overbooked at one point because I did not know if the PIAA was going to allow us to get four of those tournaments in. But I'm like, whatever, I'm just going to add them. And if we get if we get news that we can't go to four, then I'll just have to drop out of two of them. Or they're going to get canceled. Uh, because that was something that was tricky because you'd have a schedule set and then it would change almost weekly something was changing something Mm -hmm. was canceling you'd have to fill something else there were a few weekends where we didn't have a five match dual tournament so I talked to my athletic director and said that's fine we're just going to run our own so we ran two of our own dual tournaments the COVID duels one and two and by some miracle every single one of those four tournaments that we went to uh, now, teams backed out, and then we added, backed out, added. But on the day of, we actually got five matches in. I was sure that at least one of them, there was going to be, like, a last-minute dropout, and we'd only get four matches. But we lucked out. And 30, 30 meets was the maximum. You can't get any more than that. Um, and... You know, Thursday night when we were wrestling in Mifflinburg, our 30th and last goal meet, I couldn't believe it because it was, I, I, I knew this was my game plan to get us 30. Um, I just didn't really think it was going to happen, but we got them in. So I was very happy with that.
0: That is uh, that is definitely impressive, especially because if you look at, you know, other teams, like if you look on on, you know, the internet and see what their records are, a lot of teams are like, 10 and four, you know, they're only getting like 10, 15 matches in the whole season. So I was like really surprised to see that. And also, um, I'm sure the guys appreciate it, not only because, you know, you're giving them a chance to wrestle more, but also like, you know, another shot to reach those milestones. We have like two, two guys that I can think of off the top of my head, at least two, I think that probably had a good shot of, of getting a hundred wins under like a regular in regular circumstances. Um, but you know, obviously we didn't I, I think I think Camp Hill only had um, I graduated from Camp Hill last year in case anybody doesn't know and I wrestled for them. Um, but like you know under normal circumstances they probably would have had 15, 20 more matches and and, and that definitely would have helped them out um, in reaching that goal. but uh, just just real quick about the structure of the season would you would you would you prefer having, Um, more of these like five team dual meets or do you miss the individual tournaments or like, did, did the wrestlers say anything about that? Or like even just having more one-on-one dual meets, you know, is there a preference?
1: I think like for me, I think it's important to have a a good balance of both. If we go back to normal, please, please. I hope we do. But if we go back to normal next year, we're not going to have 30 dual meets on our schedule. Mm -hmm. Dual meets are, are a different type of competition. A bad day, A bad match in a dual meet isn't just leaving yourself down, it's leaving your team down. You know, you go out there and you're supposed to beat a kid, uh, maybe you beat him before and then you end up, you know, on the wrong side of a flip-flop and get pinned. It's like you don't feel bad for yourself as much, you feel bad for everybody else on the team, especially if the dual meet ends up being determined by that. Um, So there's a different pressure um, for the wrestlers, different pressure for the coach to make sure that your team performs. But the, the reason I like to have tournaments, and I, I try to get us in the, the biggest tournaments that we can go to, uh, like Trojan Wars, is because I don't want anybody on my team undefeated unless they're going to go into the postseason with a legitimate shot at winning a state title. I want them to, if not lose, I want them to get pushed. And when you go to a tournament like Trojan Wars, you're going to have... Um, Numerous kids that can take you out, regardless of who you are. And I think it's important to get that um, and and to let the kids wrestle individually and wrestle for themselves instead of for the team all the time. So next year, hopefully, uh, we're going to back off on the dual meets. I am not a big dual meet. Uh, like when it comes to scheduling, I'm not. We normally get about 15 to 17 dual meets a year, certainly not 30. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if things Go back to normal, at least to the point that we can wrestle individual tournaments. We are going to have a couple of them next year, and if we're dealing with the same stuff that we dealt dealt with this year, then we're probably going to end up having a bunch of dual meets. But in a normal year, I want to balance individual tournaments. We normally have at least three, and then whatever points we have left in terms of scheduling points, will be uh, made up of dual meets wherever we can get them.
0: Yeah, that's 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 a good point. And I know you definitely have some some guys who, you know have a, have a, not a need, but like they, they're able to get challenged like that. And, you know, even if they have a chance to medal and stuff at States, you know, it's good to challenge them like that. Um, Who are your, who are your captains for the team? Did you decide on captains?
1: Honestly, I don't normally pick captains. Um, What I've found is the captains kind of just rise up on their own, uh, at least in my experience. And it's almost like you're a self-proclaimed captain, but not because you just walk in there and say that you are. Yep. Uh, the, the kids that are the most vocal, um, Nate Schoen is more vocal this year and has had more of a captain-type role than he ever has. Uh, so a lot of maturity has gone on with him. Coy Bashin is the kind of kid who, he, he, he'll talk from time to time, but he's one that I see as a lot like myself. When I was in high school, I didn't say much. Uh, every once in a while, I had something to say, just like Coy has something to say. But he he leads through example, mm-hmm. on and off the mat. Uh, and those are the main two. There's a couple other kids that I know. Once once Coy and Nate are out of there, uh, that are going to rise up and and be the next, I guess, so-called captains. But I don't. I know a lot of teams do uh, pick captains. The coaching staff does, but that's not something that I've done for for many years. I just kind of let the guys go in there, and quite frankly, I don't care you are if you're if you're vocal and the team responds to you and and uh, and you you take on that leadership role I don't care if you're in 10th grade uh, as long as you're doing what you need to do and you're you're saying the things you need to say and the team is responding well to you as far as I'm concerned you're a leader and and really at the end of the day that's what I'm looking for from all of the wrestlers on my team for them to be a leader at some point they are going to have to be a leader of something and maybe that's just the Leader of their family, they need to lead them well. Uh, I, I don't like, yeah, I, I don't, I don't choose who those kids are, but if I had to choose, probably those two, Nate Shone and Koi Bastian, have been the most vocal and uh, have assumed those leadership roles this year more than most others. But I have a lot of kids that that are going to be great leaders in the future.
0: That's uh, that's that's interesting. That's cool to hear those guys that are stepping up and you know maturing as they go along. Um, changing changing uh, directions here a little bit. You mentioned before the interview that you'd broken a school record for most wins in the season. Can you kind of explain that, talk about that?
1: Yeah, so we are, at least at Seals Grove, ma- motivated by a lot of different things. You talked about the the, the wins, getting the wins in, and you said about how at Camp Hill you had a couple of that may or may not get their 100th win because of this year and the few matches that they got. Mm-hmm. And it's very important for me to make sure that those opportunities are still available. You can't just think about your seniors in a year like this. I have uh, Eden Gogler, who is going to get 100 wins now next year as long as he doesn't get hurt or something crazy happens. He's going to get 100 wins because he has 27 this year. Um, I have a sophomore. Stephen Miller, who just wrestled his 50th, well, not 50th match, but he got his 50th win against Miffenberg. He's going to get 100 wins in the next two years, as long as, again, he doesn't get hurt and he's—he's he's, uh, everything is well. Um, and you take that season away, you take the season away from them, and that is a motivator that's no longer there. Mm-hmm. And for me, I, I feel like every year I try to set a goal for our team. And this year I thought, well, what's it going to be? I never, I didn't even know what the dual meet record was. I am not a coach that that is really, uh, I, I like to have a winning record. I like to win dual meets. Don't get me wrong. Winning's fun. But the, the dual meet record has never been on my radar. But it's important to set a goal and work towards it as an individual and as a team. You need to have them both. You need to wrestle for yourself and you need to wrestle for your team. So when I was going through the, beginning stages of our season and it was a train wreck because we started the season we wrestled two days and then we got shut down for a week then we came back and we wrestled for five days and then we got shut down for three weeks Mm. and quite frankly I didn't know what was going to go I didn't know what was going to go on I didn't know if we were going to have a season or not but I said um, you know if we do have a season we're going to take out that don't meet record because guess what all we're going to be able to do is wrestle don't meets this year So we may as well set our goals on something a little bit different this year. And I I knew that we were gonna have 30 matches scheduled, but until we actually broke that record, I was a little on edge, because it's like, oh my gosh, at any point, at any point something could happen, we could get to 16 or we could tie it and get 17 and all three weeks out, you know, the school could end up having some type of disastrous COVID outbreak or something. Mm -hmm. And then our, our regular season was over. And I know a lot of teams across the state struggling with stuff like that, but uh, we were we were pretty lucky in staying away from it for the most part. We had one little issue there in the middle of the season, but uh, it ended up being a positive thing. Um, we didn't think of it as, as that at the time, but it worked out. I think we were at Montgomery Doles with a very depleted team. We were missing seven kids and five of those kids were starters. And we ended up going four and one by the skin of our teeth. And we broke the record on that day, but I didn't even talk about it. I didn't I just mentioned it on the bus. I'm like, hey guys, just so you know, we beat that record that we were talking about. So we accomplished that goal, but we're not done yet because we still had, I think at the time, 11 meets to wrestle. So it's like, oh let's just crush it. You know, let's just crush it. And we'll talk more about it when it's done. And uh, I don't want to say that I took Jersey Shore or Mifflinburg likely but I had like a little picture. I took a picture of the team uh, during our last home match and I knew what that picture was for. I don't know if the kids knew, but I was going to put that picture on our, we have a Facebook page for our ceiling wrestling group, fans, parents, wrestlers, past, present, future. And uh, I just posted it on there saying about how we broke the record with 24 wins. At the time I've made that picture. We didn't have 24 wins, but I knew. Going into the last two dual meets, something crazy was going to have to happen if we were going to lose to Jersey Shore and Mifflinburg this year. So on the bus ride home, I posted that picture and I just said a little something, just letting everybody know, like, we beat the records. We said we were going to do it and we got it done. So that was pretty cool.
0: That was cool. Is that, is that, that goal setting, is that something that you guys sit down and do at the beginning of the season? Because I know, I know for Camp Hill um, in the past, Coach Gallagher sits all the all the seniors down and like when I when I graduated it was my group of six seniors including myself and we sat down we got a big poster board and we got you know we wrote down a bunch of goals like you know usually we try to um, it's like win five out of our six home matches and and like our pin-to-pin ratio like try and keep that at like 60-40 or something um, and then each time we We check a box like, you know, we get the poster and bring it in front of everybody and check the box. And it's like a nice a nice motivator. Is that something that you guys do where you sit down as a team and do that? Or is that just something that you kind of think about yourself
1: at the start of every season? And now that I think of it, we did not do it this year. And I think it was just because the the first few weeks of the season were so all over the place. I didn't even Mm -hmm. think about it. But I want to say for three years before this one, I give postcards out. And I have the kids put their name on it, and I have them put down their goals for the year, and then I have them put down on that postcard what they're going to do to reach those goals for the year. And then we post them right above the doorway in the mat room, and it's for them to see every day, whether they look at them or not, I don't know. It's for their classmates who use that that mat room for phys ed and stuff for them to see, and it kind of holds them accountable. But also in the rooms of or in the on the walls of our mat room, I have six boards fiberglass boards that we paid a pretty penny for because they look pretty spectacular, honestly, but we put district and regional champs and state champs and state place finishers. They're all on the wall. And then we have a top 10 record holders board where it keeps track of the top 10 kids in terms of tech falls, team points, most wins, most pins, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And I'm not going to say that over the course of 11 years that I've been the head coach that I had teams that were motivated by that but we have reached the point in our program's history where the, we are absolutely um, motivated by that. Kids are looking at that board, and I can give you a few examples. Troy, uh, yeah, Troy. I have no Troy on the team. Koi Zekman, Koi Bastion, Koi Bastion, um, as long as he gets two more takedowns at districts, he's going to break a takedown record that, quite frankly, was way out there, like nobody even got close to it. Uh, 130 takedowns is the record, he's sitting at 129. Mm -hmm. All he's gotta do is make weight and take a kid down twice and he has that school (laughs) record. Now we also have the top 10, it's not just the the top guy. So you can still get on that board, you know, so maybe you're not the guy that breaks the record but you're the one that's like fourth and that's something because your name is on the board along with a lot of really great wrestlers. Um, Nate Schoen has 12 Tech Falls and the record is 13. Cody Zekman, who sometimes comes into the room, and, and uh, he's one of my my coaches. And there's like a rivalry going on, you know, maybe shows like I'm taking your tech full record out. And Zekman's like, no, you're not, you can't, no heavyweights taking my, and he's got 12. And uh, and Nate's got his sights set on that. Now, another one is team points. The team point record is getting smashed this year because every other team before this year only had 17 or 18 dual meets to, to earn team points because we only right. keep track during dual meets. Well. <laughs> Uh, the top four spots are getting taken by, by guys on this team because we had almost twice as many team points. So that's that's a record that's almost not even fair. No one's ever beaten it um, after it's set this year. But it's just, it's cool to have kids that are, you know, eyeing that up. And, you know, maybe you're not a pinner, but um, you're somebody that can take people down. You know, you know what, I, I'm taking that takedown record by the time I'm done here. And every little motivator, I believe, really plays a part. It really is, is a factor. And I thought early on, many years ago, why not why not plaster that up on the wall so the kids can see where they stand? And maybe they don't even see it as something that they consider a goal until they see their name pop up as number nine and they weren't even trying. Like, wait a second, I'm number hmm. nine. No, I'm actually better at this area of this sport than I thought. I think I'm gonna to try to take that one. And sometimes they get it and sometimes they don't. But yeah, we, we pay attention to records. Over the last few years, we've had a lot of first-ever, first-ever districts next week. If Nate Schoen wins districts, it'll be the only four-time district champ that Steelers Grove has ever had. Uh, If he wins regionals, I think he's the first three-time regional champ that we ever had. You know, it's just we, we pay attention to that stuff at Seals Grove because I just I feel that it matters and kids believe that it matters as well.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i think uh i think coach gallagher would agree with you there because at our banquet at the end of the year every year he has this like maybe it's like five six page little like pamphlet that you can read through and there's uh you know it's got like gosh we even have like we have like the top 50 records like with more than 30 wins or something like all these such these long lists most escapes most everything so i think that's that's cool that you guys hang it up on the wall um but speaking of the postseason, can you kind of, because I don't even understand it myself, can you explain, like, is there, is there even team playoffs? Is there team states and stuff? Or is it just the individual, you know, like this the weird, like, can you explain the super regionals and that kind of stuff?
1: Well, we'll start with the individual postseason. Mm-hmm. So not every district is the same. A AA and AAA is not the same. I can just tell you our road through the postseason is as follows. So we go to districts next week. There are eight teams in our district. Only the top two will move on to regionals. Now, the other district tournaments um, that will be going to our region are taking the top three. So we have one less qualifier. I'm not exactly sure why that is, but I'm not the one in charge, so I'm not even going to worry about it. you got to place top two or you're done. Mm -hmm. Simple as that. So the top two from district four slash nine, which is the – district that we're in goes to the northwest regional um and here's where it really gets brutal the only uh the the top two at regionals only will go to the super region
0: this is individual right what's that this is individual individual, right
1: wow this is all individual stuff so in years past just getting into that third spot was brutal because every single weight has a stud
0: yeah that's crazy
1: three weights and somebody's gonna get left behind at regionals uh and again the other regional tournaments are taking three and ours is only taking two i don't know why that is but i don't make the the decisions so you place in the top two at the northwest region you go to the west region the west super regional i don't know where that's at yet but there's only two super regionals there's an east and a west it's going to be basically like a mini state tournament because it is going to be stacked only the top four kids will move on from the west and from the east, which means if you place in the top four at the super regional, you are guaranteed eighth place at states the following week. Mm -hmm. And then those, those eight, four from the east and four from the west will go to states the next week. That way, each tournament, districts, regionals, super regionals and states have no more than eight to 10 kids in a weight, which is what they wanted to do. Quite frankly, I think it's kind of clever, but it does it's gonna make for some really heartbreaking uh, season ending moments. It's gonna be rough. Some kids that went to states and maybe even placed are not gonna get there. They might not even get to super regionals this year. So it's gonna be a brutal year for the kids that don't make it. And it's gonna be an extra special year for the ones that do. In terms of the team postseason, season PIAA has been somewhat shady on the, the team state championships. From what I understand, as of now, they are planning on having them, but not until after the post season for individuals, which makes things very tricky because each district, again, is in charge of determining their district champion in their own way. Uh, and I can tell you how ours is being determined. Next week at districts, the individual district tournament, they keep team points. Whoever really? wins... The individual district champion, uh, championships next week between it could be a district four team, district nine team, doesn't matter. Whoever has the most team points is declared not only the individual district tournament winner, but also the team tournament district winner. Which means if they do have a team championships, whoever wins next Saturday is going to be the team representing district four slash nine at team states. Why that makes things so tricky is because right now I have a week before districts, any other year, other than this one, I would invite the entire team if they want to come to that week of practice. Not this year, too many risks. Okay. Too many people in there. I have 23 kids in my roster and we got through the year and we didn't have hardly any issues. We had a few contact traces and stuff like that. But, uh, Now, if you're not going to districts, I can't allow you to come to practice. It's just too risky. You come in there as a non-district wrestler and you contact trace the whole team or a few individuals that you worked with. It's just, we can't do that. So what I told the backups, which I have 11 of them, no, 10 of them, you can't come to practice next week, but don't turn in your bag. We have to just kind of go home. I said, go home, clean your stuff, put it in your bag, put it in the corner of your room and just... I'll be in touch. Pay attention to what happens next Saturday. If our team goes to districts and wins, then we got to figure something out because the rest of the team needs to continue to practice for basically a four week stretch in hopes mm-hmm. that the PIWA is actually going to have a team state championship. The thing that makes me wonder whether or not they're actually going to do it is there are kids that want to play a spring sport. Mm-hmm. I'm not I'm, I'm not dumb. I, I have kids on my team that maybe baseball or lacrosse or track is their number one sport. And you're telling them what that they need to practice for wrestling instead of going to the spring sport. That's going to mess up. I don't I don't know. I really don't know if the team championships are going to happen. But if we win districts next Saturday, I'm not saying we will. Um, it depends on who has the best tournament team, because that's the other thing that's kind of tricky. Having a tournament team and a dual-meet team, not the same thing. So quite frankly, whether we win on Saturday or not, that doesn't really mean that we have the best dual-meet team.
0: Mm -hmm. Um,
1: Or if somebody else wins, it doesn't really mean they have the best dual-meet team. It might mean that they have five studs that all take first or second and all the other kids just got wrecked. But because they had more team points, they win. I don't know. It's a flawed way of doing it, but you don't have too many options. I mean, what are you going to do? We have no more time. You can't can't wrestle a – a team district tournament the week before an individual district tournament. It's not going to work. Everybody's paranoid about getting hurt or contact trace. So it is what it is. We'll see what happens.
0: Mm-hmm. That is, that's, that's really interesting the way that they're doing that district champion thing. And especially doing States after like even March, like you're talking like mid the end of early mid March. Mid-March. It would be
1: like the last week. I
0: think that's crazy. Cause like, I know, um, I mean, last season, Last season, I um, was not a starter at the end of the season, but I still hung around and, like, came to all the practices and stuff, and it was always just, like, you know, the numbers would dwindle each week as more guys lost. So that's that's really interesting to, to, to see how you're going to figure now, out.
1: We're going practices. into districts hoping to win, of course, but that is going to complicate a lot of things. I mean, like, for me, I coach track, and I don't necessarily want – let's say after districts on Saturday, since only the top two go, let's say we have five kids go to regionals. I really don't know. Okay. Well, let's say we have five, the ones that lost the districts. If we don't win, I don't want them to be in the room. I just want the five kids there. The less the numbers, the, the better chance that you're not going to get hit with COVID related stuff. But if we win districts, I w- almost want to keep the five that are still competing for themselves separate from the, 18 or so that are competing because they wanna go to team states. So, you know, without thinking about it too much, what I think my life would be like, would be possibly going to track practice and maybe having my assistants, one one or two of them running a practice for the individuals, going to regionals while I'm at track practice. And then after track practice, I would roll into a practice into the mat room with the other 18 kids. I need huh. to continue to wrestle and prepare. It, it'll really be squirrely, I'm telling you. Uh, I don't, I don't know what my wife will say, but <laughs> she, she's, uh, she's been pretty supportive. But I haven't talked to her about what happens if we win districts, and I might have to run a track practice and then go to a wrestling practice on the same night and get home at seven o'clock. I, I don't know what she'll say, but we'll worry about that when we have to. We'll just keep that on the down low for now.
0: Yeah, that is that's so interesting. Are they? Do you know, are they doing, because um, I know you guys are in, like, the the Heartland Conference, right? So, I, Camp Hill's in the mid-Penn division. Are they doing those championships? Like, I know it's usually just, like, who has the best record, but I don't even yeah. know if they're – That's already been determined.
1: Um, Central Mountain one again, they seem to be the team to beat, which us in a sport have given them a run for their money the last two years. It's just – I mean, I'm going to be honest, It's it's – kind of annoying. I want to take them out really bad. <laughs> but yeah. we, we lost by 10 points, and I think Williamsport lost by 9, and they're about, what, 44-0, and 45-0 and in our league. So nobody has won our league since it's been established for, that I know of, unless it was unless we were already in that league and then Central Mountain. Since Central Mountain joined it, nobody else has won it. Let's just say huh. it that way. And uh, I'm not saying we're ever going to beat Central Mountain, but I'd be lying if I wasn't gunning for him. I'm just gonna be honest, okay. But maybe we get him someday. Maybe we don't.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's a that's another good goal, another good motivator. Like I know we we've had some tough, at least the last couple of years, we've had back and forth matches with Bishop McDevitt from Harrisburg. You know, they're kind of like our team to beat. You know, when they when they're in town, you know, it's gonna be like close, pretty back and forth. Um, do you get? Do you have a full a full lineup for most matches?
1: Yeah, I. If we have a forfeit this season, it's because I, uh, I wanted to move somebody f- for the betterment of themselves or for, uh, for the team, but uh, this is my 11th year and we've only had a season with forfeits twice. Yeah. One of the benefits of being a phys ed teacher is one, I know who the <laughs> athletes are and I'm in the high school all day long. And basically this is how it goes. I see a spot in our lineup, meaning an opening long before the season starts. Because right around October, I'm like going around like, okay, listen, it doesn't really matter. Don't be paying attention. I tell the kids don't pay attention to your weight anytime soon, but what do you weigh? And they tell me what they weigh. I get a list and I put it down on a roster I'm like, all right, great. We need a whatever pounder. So I'm paying attention in phys ed. And if a kid strikes my attention or they are the right weight, um, we'll have a conversation. And I'm very brutally honest in that conversation i'm not blowing smoke at anyone i'll be like look you ever wrestle before no i'm like well here's the deal i got a really tough team and i need someone to fill this spot it's probably not going to be very much fun if you base fun and and not having fun on winning because you're probably Mm -hmm. not going to win very much but that's not up to me okay you come out for the team you learn how to wrestle maybe you like it and you do it again next year you're going to be a part of something pretty cool if you come out and you fill our lineup we'd really appreciate it and you'd be welcomed as just as as important of a team member as anybody else on that team and almost always even though i'm very honest in telling a kid i'm sorry if you go to try to recruit a kid that never wrestled before and they're in 10th grade and they're a 145 pounder and you tell them oh man i think you'll do great yet no you're full of crap they're not gonna it's gonna take time this is not a sport Mm -hmm. that you grow up doing with your friends you might brawl with your siblings but if you're if you're a certain weight and you're a certain age and you've never wrestled before I'm sorry you got to take a beating in this sport before you can hand it out and I'm not gonna tell a kid that they're gonna oh yeah I think maybe you know win three quarters of your matches you're an athlete no it doesn't matter if you're an athlete you got to know how to wrestle Mm -hmm. and what I found is if you're just honest with the kids and you let them know that they're going to be very welcomed because they're doing us a favor and filling a position. And yeah, you want, you're going to take some lumps, but you're going to win a few matches here and there. That's up to you, not us. It almost always works. Um, so I've been fortunate to be put in the high school, and I see the kids, not just the wrestlers, but all of them, uh, on a daily basis. And we almost always have a full lineup. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, that's that's cool. And I, I don't know I don't know exactly how big of a high school Seals Grove is, but I know. Camp Hill, we have like usually around 100 kids per per grade level. and We're usually pretty good at filling up every every weight class, even if that means calling up a ninth grader or you know something like that. Um, that's it's definitely an advantage, you know, to pick up six wherever you can get. How is yeah. the uh, that the like condensing of the upper weight classes has that messed with you guys at all? Or
1: last year, I was not happy about it. I really thought it was gonna. Um a huge damper onto my team because we we tend to have really solid upper weights and i'm not exactly sure why that is I, I don't know if it's just because they a lot of them play football and they end up being good kids or big kids but i don't i don't necessarily see that being the case anymore like i have a i have a really nice balance across the roster uh, i wasn't happy about it last year i sent emails to. Really important people on the PIAA expressing my distaste for taking um, taking positions away. I still think I'm right. Um, I didn't think it was going to make things more exciting taking positions out. Mm -hmm. I didn't think it was going to make competition better or solve the forfeit issue. Are you kidding me? I mean, everybody wrestled dual meets this year and everybody's got forfeits. They're all over the place. So, I don't really understand taking the, an extra position away, um, but you know, whatever, I don't make the decisions. I just live with them and deal with them. So it is what it is. I don't think, I, I will say that I had, and I knew this was gonna happen. One of my arguments last year as to why I didn't really want the, the, the uh, weight class taken out is I had three seniors that wrestled for the last two years as 10th graders and 11th graders. They quit um, shortly into the season because there wasn't gonna be a spot for them. And they said also they didn't want to wear the masks and stuff like that. And I'm, I'm, I'm sure that was a big factor. Everybody had a few kids, I'm sure that, that quit because of the COVID regulations. I mean, they're really trying to basically just not let sports go on is what it seems, but uh, we dealt with it. And I'm sure if, if those kids were honest with me and they were great kids that ended up packing it in as a senior and said, yeah, I just don't want to do it. I'm sure the fact that there was no position available for them because they were uh, the one weighed like 170, and you know Koi Bashian is at 170. Yeah, uh, he was anyway. He's not anymore. But and then uh, Stephen Miller at 189, and there's no more 182. And that's where that kid probably would have filled in. He weighed like 175. So uh, really good kid. Uh, never got a starting position. Ended up not coming out. So I knew that was going to happen. I, I but. Again, I don't make those decisions. We just live with them and see what happens.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's tough. We we have a couple seniors in a row, like 160, 72, 89, uh, like 215. Those those weights, um, that's where the like the toughness, the real, like we were real, a couple real good guys in a row there basically. And, you know, we had one guy who now he has to bump up to 215. He's given up like. 20 probably over 20 pounds you know just to wrestle these 215s just because there's not a another weight class in there for them. so mm-hmm. um so yeah it's uh it's tricky it's tricky well uh that's that's all the questions I have um if you have anything else you want to say uh you know
1: not really I just thanks for reaching out and giving Seals Grill Wrestling some time and attention I appreciate it
0: Yeah, it's been it's been fun checking in, you know, especially I'm not uh, I'm not back at Susquehanna University yet. Um, Next week, next in in seven days, I'll be back. But it's been fun checking in and seeing, you know, a lot of W's on the on the on the on the schedule and and that kind of stuff. So and I'm sure you guys will have a lot of success in the postseason. So good luck with that. Um, I hope it's you know, I hope it doesn't get too crazy with the team districts and that kind of stuff but uh
1: yeah this, this year that, is all about crazy so if, if we end up winning districts true. we'll deal with it we'll flow right through no problem I'm not worried about it we'll figure it out
0: yeah very true I, that's probably a good problem to have you know winning districts yep. so uh yeah well good luck with the rest of your season and uh thank you everybody for tuning in and listening um I'm Luke Waldner from WQSU and uh yeah